Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, Shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. We're going to be talking about a case that we are going to do a massive deep dive into later in the season, the Parkland school shooting. But we wanted to touch on it because there's been some developments. But before we talk about what's actually happened recently, give us a bit of a brief description for those listeners that might not know about this shooting. How sad it is that we don't remember the details. And you said Parkland because we've come to know every shooting by a single name. In fact, this is the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland, Florida, where a shooter killed 17, 14 of them were students, and injured 17. So very horrific incident. Every incident, every death is horrific, but a high school shooting, big, huge campus. They had many buildings. This is a shooter who went into one of the buildings when he was 19 years old and went into the school, shot a bunch of people, wounded 17, killed 17. This was February 14th, 2018. So actually it's, it's, uh, it's been four years. It's hard to believe. February 14th, that's Valentine's Day. It's an easy one to remember, unfortunately. Un- unfortunately, right. Yeah, especially for survivors from the school and parents. And the reason that I wanted to just catch us up on this is something that's ongoing. So there'll be more due diligence on this. But this is one of those situations where we have a live shooter. And many times we may not have a live shooter. So the intrigue about who is this person and why did this person do what they did? And then also how did the community react? And I just want to say this at the outset. So many times when we have a shooter who is killed at the scene or kills himself at the scene. One of the struggles that communities have is there's no one to blame. There's no solace. Who did something wrong? Why didn't somebody catch this? And when you have a shooter who's down, then people turn to the shooter's parents or the shooter's spouse or 
the place of employment or the school and say you should have done a better job. But here we have a shooter. Even if you've got a live shooter, the questions that I'm sure a lot of survivors and parents would want to know is why and how often would the shooter ever even really share that afterwards in your experience? The shooters do over time because their ego is a lot of what's involved in why they're doing what they want to do. Over time, they share often with behavioral experts who go in and interview them in in research efforts. Okay, We saw that with people like mass killers like John Wayne Gacy here in the United States in the Chicago area, but other serial killers who are willing to be interviewed later. But of course, right now we have a subject who isn't going to be interviewed by anybody about why he did it unless he fashions what he wants to say. And we will see that. So I think this is something that is coming so what's going on right now is the subject has pled guilty to all the murder charges and the attempted murders. In the state of Florida, if you're found guilty and convicted of murder, you can be killed. You can oh. be sentenced to the death penalty. Okay. So you've got the death penalty in Florida. Yeah. Some states have it. Some states don't, but Florida definitely does. And even and if you plead guilty, that doesn't get you out of the death penalty. There's no kind of work around there. No. So the workaround in the United States, the court systems have a trial first. And then after the trial, they have a sentencing hearing. Yeah. And the sentencing hearing decides the punishment that's imposed. That's what's going on right now. The subject has pled guilty. So they're just a few days into what they expect might be a four month process for the sentencing. When you say four months, who makes that decision? Is it a judge or is it a jury for a sentencing? Because he's already pled guilty. So that's the defendant's option. And most state laws allow the defendant to choose whether they want a jury to set their punishment or whether they want the judge to set their punishment. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. You know, U.S. laws, they're strange. (laughs) Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Or maybe you just lost it. Well, StubForge.com is here to change that. Imagine this, tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements, parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, Head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today.
Which way has it gone with this case then? Are they doing the jury or are they doing the judge? So a jury is hearing this. It's a four-month trial, though, where they hear all kinds of evidence that begins with what happened at the scene. Mm -hmm. So police officers come in, testify about what they saw when they arrived. Medical examiners come in and testify about what happened when they got to the scene and found bodies and body parts and what they witnessed with regard to each individual who was killed. For example, one of the medical examiners has already testified, even though we know this part of the sentencing hearing is going to go on for a long time. Some of the interesting things that are coming out even early on in the sentencing include, for instance, the medical examiners testifying about what he or she found, in this case, he at the scene, he found that this 15-year-old who had been killed, there were leg injuries. And the prosecutors were able to put into this case, the fact that the individual, the 15 year old young man had been shot while he was helping other people move through a classroom door. And the the killer had gone up to this 15 year old boy and put four rounds directly into his head on the scene, close range. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Four rounds. And you know what? I didn't say, but I wanted to say aloud for the respect and the family of that 15-year-old boy. His name was Peter Wang. And that's the boy who was killed helping mm-hmm. others and was then shot at point blank range. Peter mm-hmm. Wang. He's a hero and a victim of this horrible shooting. And as there were, of course, many others. But since I mentioned him, I wanted to make sure that I mentioned him by name. So the reality of what is going on is being played out every hour in the courtroom in the most grisly details that you can imagine. Are the families present? Yes. So sentencing is open. And even if somebody pleads guilty, you still have to prove up your case, they call it. And so that this is part of what you're doing is proving the case. I think from a historical standpoint, you don't want somebody to plead guilty to a crime they didn't commit because they're forced to plead guilty. And then the prosecutor never has to put forth any evidence to show they really were guilty. That's part of the reason that you put this information forward. I know in the New Zealand court system, you would have the opportunity during that whole sentencing process for victim impact statements. Is that something that will happen? Would you see parents come forward, survivors come forward and be able to give their evidence in this sentencing part? Yes, we'll see all of that to come in the next couple of weeks. Right now, they're just putting the case on about what really happened. So they brought in law enforcement officers to talk about when they responded and how they responded. There was an Mm -hmm. Uber driver, for instance, who dropped off the killer at school and the killer had a case with him and he said, oh, I'm going to my music lesson. He had a guitar case with him and he didn't. He had a semi-automatic rifle inside that he was carrying, but the Uber driver testified, oh, he looked nervous. Well, you know, sometimes that stuff is, and not questioning this driver, but you know, people say all kinds of things after the fact. Oh, I knew he was kind of strange. I knew he was a problem, but nobody reports it, right? So it's a question of how nervous was he? How suspicious was the driver? Maybe not really, but after the fact, he's, yeah, he wasn't my normal customer. So the driver testifies, the police officers testify. They're beginning today to bring in students who were in the classroom who survived, students in the building who survived. We've talked to Max Shatner. Max's son, Alex, was killed at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. And Max is in the courtroom. And just, I think today there was a young man who testified that he was there and he was shot. He didn't recognize that he was shot and uh, which happens. Sometimes you're shocked and you don't feel it momentarily, but he said he looked up and uh, Alex Shatner was sitting in front of him, uh, slumped over in his chair. 
And, uh, and he said that was the reality of him beginning to understand that uh, Alex was probably dead and he was injured himself. So heartbreaking. And we do have those interviews to come on the season. And I will say for listeners, we want to do Parkland and we will. And I told Sarah, I thought it was important that we give it the time to have the evidence come out and that we do have a live shooter. There'll be more that comes out. Even in the sentencing phase, there'll be a ton that comes out and it'll be the first opportunity to see the whole scope of the government's case against Mm. the individual. And it will give us some of the whys. Everybody wants the why, but it's more important to say how not to let it happen again. So there's a little cross between the two. Well, welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who've overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. It is from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover, and how to be brave. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all, is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me, Murder in House 2, a new podcast from Crowd Network. So you, uh, former prosecutor, tell me what you expect this sentence to end up looking like. What are the options? What's the least he can get in the system? What's obviously we know the most is the death penalty. Yes. But the sentencing phase is standardized. You get lots of evidence in, and then there's a decision and it's literally a voting decision, or if it's a judge, then the judge says, this is how I find, and will provide a recitation for the record of what the Mm -hmm. sentencing is. And then if it's a jury, in any case, the jury will vote and they vote on whatever that sentencing is. It would be unusual if it didn't happen. In cases like this, the judge always makes a statement about the subject and about what they found. There will be an element of what we call a pre-sentence investigation that's done by probation and parole. So that means that they go back and look at the subject's history and find out everything about him that is an aggravation and mitigation about Mm -hmm. his upbringing and his attitudes. And that will give us a very good picture of what they were able to learn about the shooter at the time. And even pre-sentence investigations, probation and parole will make a recommendation on whether or not somebody should receive the death penalty. And each state has a little bit of different ways they do it. Whatever the sentence is, he's agreed to plead guilty. So it's at least life in prison without parole. Or if he is convicted and sentenced to death penalty, there will be an automatic appeal. This was a 19-year-old shooter at the time, so he's 23-year-old now, living in an adult prison for the rest of his life. So when you say life in prison without parole, does that mean life in prison? So I know that in some countries, life is a sentence of 14 years or a different length of time, but America is life means life. Life means life. And if he's sentenced to death, he will be what we call on death row. And he will appeal it. The compelling arguments are often things like the subject is young. Is there a chance to rehabilitate him in some way to give society some value out of this person? You know, I don't, that sounds 
crazy when you're talking about somebody who killed 17 and wounded 17 more and, and would have done a better job, but he fled the school. One of the victims has a brother who was down the street in a McDonald's and the police arrested the subject down the street. First, he stopped in that McDonald's. The surveillance video shows he walked through the McDonald's and he sat down in the booth where the brother was sitting. He sat down in the booth where the brother was sitting. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know for sure if he knew that he had shot this young man's brother. He was looking for a ride. Remember, he came in an Uber. He didn't have a ride. Okay, so he sat sure. down in the booth. He's like, I need you to give me a ride. And did and he then, know this person beforehand? I don't know that he did. I mean, There's so many pieces wow. to it. It's creepy. The families of survivors and families are going to be getting some information about the shooter that they didn't have before. But I don't know that it's necessarily going to satisfy them because in the end, they're, in the end, Ryan's daughter's still gone. Max's son is still gone. They're, the kids are still gone. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to community podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. If you've enjoyed Stop the Killing, check out more podcasts from Community Podcast Productions, like this one. Let me introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. The type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now, you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy. And you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. It was all fictitious. You stole from my son, who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, 
the long con. That's clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.